1: Hello and welcome to the HP Podcast, your weekly video game podcast from Hans I'm Ben, and with me here today is Brandon.
0: How are you now? Good and you? Not so bad. Good. And Dave is also here with us. Is this uh is this a bit of Letter Kenny in our in our blood after the Letter Kenny show last week? <laughs> uh actually Brandon didn't I wasn't go. even there. I just you know, it's just uh it's
1: just how it goes. That's Guys, all right, I did... wasn't
0: there, I wasn't there either, Brandon. Yeah. Damn. Oh, well, you live there. So <laughs> I was gonna say, I just
1: thought it was all the Canadians were there. Yeah, that's
0: true. Pretty much, the the, oh, okay. the, the the city that that show is is based off is not far from my house at all. So, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah.
1: I've thought about like, what if we just abandon the HP podcast, or we could keep the HP podcast and just turn it into a Letter Kenny podcast. Damn, dude! <laughs> like, just do a letter Letter Kenny
0: rewatch show. Yeah you're recording a podcast with your friends the other day <laughs>
1: seriously. <laughs> I think that's a good idea yeah, yeah.
0: now since we've been, since we've been
1: talking about letter Kenny and we should probably keep talking about letter Kenny Dave you said you watched a little
0: bit of it but you didn't watch all you didn't like you didn't get immediately addicted right no yeah I this actually goes back just a couple months I just finally started watching it um and yeah I burned through like I think three quarters of all of the episodes, and I, I just oh. need to go back and finish it up. Oh, okay. so yeah, no, I, I finally got into it, and uh, it's it's quite entertaining. Yes, I just listening to some of the places and the things they talk, like I know you guys watch it, but there, there's things. In, it doesn't in, have like, the same impact for us. Places that they reference to that I know of and I frequent and I, <laughs> yeah. so it just, it takes it to a whole new level. But uh yeah, it's, if you have not watched Letterkenny and uh, if you like shows like, like um, trailer park boys and that kind of stuff, it's a no brainer. So, Oh yeah. 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 And Absolutely. it is, it is, um, it is indicative of Canadian culture to a fault, uh, no, I was especially say, it's, small town. It it's mostly faithful then. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> 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 lots of fighting, lots of drinking. That's uh, right. No, that's not Canada. I was just talking about like small town, and I'm sure right. it's like no, that in, yeah, in sure. small town America too. Everywhere, yeah, yeah, just the stuff they say. I think the thing they nail the most is the hockey talk. Yes, uh, like the two yeah. hockey guys, the way they go on and on is like the is, mannerisms and stuff. Yeah. And calling everybody boys and buddy, and <laughs> even if there's just one other person in the room, That's um, awesome. so yeah, it's it's faithful. I can confirm I awesome. can confirm Love that. indeed
1: I'll tell you what I they got some um good stand up guys uh on that show as well that actually like do stand up is what I mean. Yeah. Um, we got to see some of that at that show last week. It was a lot of fun. so how about everything for you brandon? what's what's new in your world? Oh uh, man, you know, not a goddamn thing, no. No, just uh, the grind, as they say. Uh, I work, I go to bed, Mm -hmm. I work, I go to bed. I mean, you do things in between working and going to bed. It doesn't feel like it some days. Yeah, but you do. I see every night you log on the PlayStation. Well, that is true. Okay, (laughs) Okay. just checking. But uh, that's about it, man. Yeah. Just just living life as best as I possibly can. Got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Dave, things going... You all right up in up in uh your neck of the woods?
0: Yeah, things are going okay. I I find out later this week if my job is getting extended, so that's that's exciting, but Oh, is uh, it a contract job? Yeah, I'm on a contract right now and and oh. I'll find out later this week if it's going to get extended, so that's that's exciting. Uh either one way or the other, it's at least something new and different, so but I got to right. tell you I'm I'm feeling a little a, a little bit bummed because um Looking at the calendar and looking at some of the stuff people are talking about on Twitter, I, I feel like I should be packing my bags tonight and getting excited for a, a flight to Boston tomorrow morning. But it's it's not happening this year. I know, man. <laughs> this pack starts on Thursday, and and I've gone with you guys the last two times Pax was on, and we would always meet up on Wednesday and get all our shit together. And yeah. I was I was just totally random, but I was I was going through my Google Drive before we started recording. And uh, I just clicked on the folder that said shared with me. And I just came across like a bunch of PAX files that were like we would work on as a group. that uh-huh. would just kind of track like some of the content we were doing. And I laughed way too hard when I should have because like you had this one little section then where you had like outstanding um, pieces of content that we hadn't finished yet. Uh-huh. And like there was one for Boo and it just said the name was Broken Lines or sorry, the name was When the Past Was Around and then it had Boo. And then there was another column that said, why not sent? And then you just said written there, fuck them. <laughs> 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 Which I, I, I don't know exactly what happened, but it, it usually, indi- it that usually indicates that somebody didn't show up or something yeah,
1: like that. Yeah, I'd so. say that probably was like we went to an appointment and they weren't there or they, they did something that wasn't favorable or something like that. <laughs> but I do feel like we did a piece for that. But that's uh, awesome. Apparently, I didn't uh, finish updating that that list yeah if there were still things in the not delivered section
0: there was another one and i remember this game specifically because it was at the same booth at uh as as the game that i picked as my game is show a uh, recompile yeah and it was a, it was a game that brandon Which turned covered, out to be a total dud and it was yeah big time and <laughs> the game i'll never forget this game because i still can't pronounce the name it's like dungeons of like book or something oh yes yeah, but yeah. in, the the game she- pass. in the sheet you have here it's written dungeons of nickelback so that <laughs> yeah. made me laugh. Yeah. Love it. Love
1: it. Love I it. think it just came to Game Pass. And that's the one that, like, Felicia Day, that was their big selling point. Yeah, was was say, at she, she was out the booth. booth. She was yeah. out. She voiced something, that. right? Yep. Yep. That game was complicated. Yeah. It was complicated. Yeah. I do remember checking that out. Man, good so, yeah. I We've been to, Brandon and I have been to, I think, three or, three four? or four. And Dustin and I have been to one more before that. Yeah. But I will say, if there was a year we needed to miss or we were going to miss, this is the one to do it. Uh, because um, the the lineup looks not great. I'm sure there's still going to be some gems there. Don't get me wrong, but you after you were talking about it the other week, Dave, I went and looked at the list and I was like, oh, like this is not good compared yeah. to previous years. So, so hopefully, hopefully we'll get back next year in one way or another, and it'll be a better show too. Because yeah, I just had such a good time. I don't. I honestly don't even know that I want to go and to be media or press or whatever at one of them again i'd love to just go and hang out yeah but i would also be fine with getting appointments and stuff like that that's always fun yeah, yeah so the lineup doesn't look good and uh but I, I mean i would still love to be there but it is what it is this year just wasn't going to work out um but hopefully we'll we'll get together at some point this year at least all of us hp boys and girls but for now no packs we'll watch from afar Hopefully, hopefully, there's some cool announcements or something that come out of it. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping it'll still be a good show for everyone attending. Um, I'm going to be interested to see how people feel about the floor this year mm-hmm. um, once they actually get out onto it. So yeah. I'm sure there'll be no shortage of media um, that we're going to be able to consume. So. And neckbeards, too. Yeah, yeah of course. They're <laughs> always there. Yeah. Um, no matter what. Usually back at the magic section. Sure. Yeah. Well, anyway, this is a show about video games and really news and stuff that happens around them. Let's start off with a, a hopefully a little fun one that we can reminisce a little bit. I think uh, this comes from VideoGamesChronicle.com it says the portal writer says he wants to start Portal 3 because he's, quote, not getting any younger. Quite an optimistic outlook, I guess. Speaking on the Kiwi Talks podcast, Eric Walpole, who co-wrote Portal and Portal 2, as well as such titles as Psychonauts, Half-Life 2, Episode 1 and 2, Left 4 Dead and Half-Life Alex, ended the show by stating, we've got to start Portal 3. That's my message to to whoever. He added, I'm not getting any younger. We're reaching the point where it's crazy to think that we're literally going to, to be too old to work on Portal 3, so we should just do it. However, he also theorized earlier in the podcast that it may not be easy to get a new Portal game off the ground despite its history, his history writing for Valve. When he asked if he'd like to make a third game, he replied, oh yeah, I would love to. I'd work on Portal in a second, but I can't make it happen by myself. After it was pointed out that he must have some leverage at Valve, Wolpaul replied, oh, I could advocate for it. It might help a little bit. But the problem is Valve is 300 employees, and I don't know exactly the breakdown, how many of them are on the production side versus the Steam business side versus legal or whatever. So there's a lot of opportunity costs of talking, taking 75 people and trying to get a game made. He goes on to talk more about the potential there and everything. But the biggest part I wanted to just talk about, like, yeah, we'd love to see a new Portal game. We could talk about how we'd like to see that. I just want to kind of reminisce on Portal for a little bit. It's been a while. Like it's been, was it been 15 years since the first one came out? Dang near it, if not. Yeah, I was going to say pretty close. Pretty close. Dave, I'm going to assume you've played Portal. Oh, yeah. Okay, I was going to say, you're not allowed to be a real gamer if you haven't played Portal <laughs> But I don't know. what Brandon, do you want to see a new Portal game? I would love to. Um, I started with Portal 1 mm-hmm. um, and not 2. Um, and really just fell in love with both of them, to be honest. Um, I think that having a completely separate two-player campaign in the second one was actually a really awesome idea yeah and they utilized it really well it allowed them to build on the really creative puzzle making that they had of the first two but allowed them to make it more advanced with the the addition of two extra portals in that equation Uh um so i would love i never played the code mode. really no i've only it's really dope we should play it yeah yeah can you is it backwards compatible i I don't know i think that would be my only chance of playing it with you Well, we'll find out well anyway but um I would love to see them. If come. not, I'll play with Dave because he has a PC. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but I would love to see them continue with that. Uh-huh. Um, I thought the the addition of two more portals really made the, the puzzles more complex in a way that felt really fun and refreshing. Um, the first one was simple by a lot of standards. Um, and the second one got more complex, uh, less of a... Room by room scenario and more of an open area right. um, type scenario. So I would love to see something else in this universe. Um, very charming characters overall. Uh, Gladys will always be in my heart. So. Yeah, absolutely. Dave, what are your what are your memories of Portal?
0: Yeah, I have fond memories of of the orange box specifically, mm-hmm. um, and I I guess that was the one that came with Portal One, and I I played that that package like a substantial amount and I think the vast majority of it was with, with Portal. And Portal it, it was just like I don't think they meant
1: for it to be like a thing. It was just like a pack-in kind of deal with the orange box.
0: And it was it started as like a student project or something, but I think it's that's just, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think we I mean again we're we're living in an age where, you know, sales charts are always gonna be dominated by Call of Duty and, and Grand Theft Auto 5 still. So it would be a breath of fresh air to see, um, you know, something like portal three come along and really make a splash in sort of the mainstream. Um, I'm also like portal took on a whole new sort of prevalence for me um, back in our, our handsome phantom reviewing days, because I think I unofficially became like the indie puzzle game reviewing guy, Uh, not by choice or on purpose, but I just, I ended up getting a lot of those games to review and it, it wasn't long before i started to realize how many of these little indie games had been so um you know inspired and driven by by portal and portal's design yeah. so i mean this is such an influential game for so many people and you know brandon you talk about some of the gameplay mechanics and how they could expand on that but just seeing you know that that humor and that storyline brought back and, and kind of reinvigorated would be, would be awesome. So yeah, I'd love to see it just cause again, I'd, I'd like to see another puzzle game hit it mainstream and if anybody could do it, it would be portal three from valve. I, it, it doesn't really seem like valve makes games anymore, Yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean we can, we can dream. And if we are, then yeah, I would love to see portal three. I, I wonder what they could do differently with
1: it. And, and just to, I, I definitely played Portal, the original one on the orange box. And then Portal 2, I got a copy of it for free because I was reviewing games back in like whatever year that was, 2010, 2009. And we got a copy of it. We got back in those days, we got physical copies of disc. I know that's crazy that's for review codes. That's awesome. Uh, but you didn't get a review code. You got a review game. And we got the physical copy and you could that was the first time there was a little bit of um, cooperation between PlayStation and Steam. And I think I my buddy and I who were doing the site at the time, he took the physical copy and I took the Steam copy. And so I played it on PC to begin with. And I think we could maybe we did play together. I don't know if there's crossplay or not. Anyway, I remember that that was a thing that was like, oh, wow, you get a free copy of the game if you buy it on PlayStation. That, yes. was, that was nutso, for sure. But uh, I, I just wonder what a new Portal game would bring to the table that they haven't already brought at this it,
0: point. It's yet. crazy to think that it it could succeed on nostalgia alone because sure. it, it doesn't Absolutely. feel like it's been that long, but it, it has been a long time. And I, I don't think they need to reinvent the wheel, but just give, give us some more cool stuff you you kind of run the risk of ruining it if you try to do too much so i would think with a portal 3 that less is more right and people would yeah. people would really latch on to progress it. the story some
1: i'm yeah. i'm kind of with you there dave but also it's been many years but wasn't portal 2 the one that introduced all of the goos as well i feel like that was a really inventive way to kind of really like yeah refresh the portal formula you know not only did did you have the opportunity to do the two more guns if you did co-op but even if you did single player the goo i think if i'm remembering it correctly but i don't know i just think there is a bunch of things they could probably do um you know the goo that allows you to bounce the goo that allows you to run fast anything i just feel like there's no shortage of things that they could potentially do um that could be similar but also no shortage of ways to say goo true like, the, if you say it in the, a scary way, it's kind of scary. The blue goo. If you say, like, goo, it's kind of, you yeah. know, intimidating. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: Portal 3, let's see it happen. Yeah. For Come on, real. Valve. Make some games again. Make it happen.
1: Who's that Who's that head guy at Valve? I always see meme pictures. Gabe. Of... Dude, make it happen. I don't even know if he's in charge. Tra- make it happen, Gabe. He's in charge for sure. Make it happen. I mean, yeah. Yeah. All right, moving on. This comes from VG247. And by the way, guys, we're pulling at the strings here. All right. There's not a whole lot of news out this week. So we're just like, hey, here's something that's slightly interesting to us. Let's talk about it. We can make a we can make a good conversation around this. So, you know, that's what's going on. VG 24 seven says, will there be a Horizon Forbidden West sequel? The game's creative director certainly seems to think so. Quote, have you finished Horizon Forbidden West yet? I promise you it's quite good. OK, we can skip this part. Uh, if you have finished the game, you know, there's a big old cliffhanger right at the end. A, su- a scene that suggests Aloy and pals haven't quite tied up everything in a neat little package after all. So we won't talk about any after this because it is a spoiler. And I know for sure Dave hasn't finished it. Uh, Brandon and I have, we both got the platinum because yes, sir. we are uh, the bosses That's of right. the gaming world. We'll talk about your platinum later sure. and, and our thoughts on the game. Sure. sure. But anyway, so there's going to be basically, this is a, a very incredibly minor spoiler. Uh, there's going to be a sequel. Like, it, they set it up, and it's like... They did everything, but at the end of the game, say, Aloy will return, like like the right. like the uh, Marvel movies, right? right? Um, but there's basically guaranteed to be a sequel. So, I don't know, guys. What Dave, you haven't played it yet. You haven't played uh, Forbidden West. You played... Uh, what was the first one? Zero Dawn uh, you played, but you haven't played Forbidden West yet. And I'm just curious... For us, what, for all of us, what do we want to see in another Horizon game? And maybe some of our thoughts on what we've been playing will bleed over into this, but that's okay. Uh, Do we want another Horizon game? I know we're getting the VR game at some point. It's not going to be Aloy-centric, it seems like. Um, I don't know. It's a huge franchise. Let's talk about it. Brandon, you can start us off. I've had some thoughts about this, but I feel like I'm going to have more as I'm further away from beating... Uh, forbidden west uh-huh. um i did like the game overall and i am excited to for them to continue the ip because i think it's mostly interesting yeah um but weirdly enough as i've learned more about the story i feel like i've not exactly enjoyed the way that they've taken things uh-huh. um necessarily Um, i find some of the things interesting but i feel like in the first game there was so much mystery and not for lack of story, but, like, things were just a little bit more mysterious. Right. And that made them seem more meaningful to me. And once I figured out some of the things that were happening in the first game, I feel like they didn't matter to me as much when I found out what was actually happening. And I don't know why. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you felt the same, but um, I've been grappling with the idea of potentially liking the first game a lot better than the second one somehow. Yeah. Uh, recently. I think that's normal. Yeah. And... Um, but not as a whole. I right. mean, there were certainly some things that I like better about the second one than the first one, but um, I would love to see a sequel. Like I said, continuing this IP, I think is critical um, for Sony. Sure. Um, it's It has legs. It definitely does. Um, and I would like to see them take some of the stuff they did in the first one story-wise uh, into the third one. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that I have much more thoughts on it than that. What What's your thoughts, Ben? Uh, I think I'm with you. Obviously, after they left us the way they did at the end of the second one, we have to have a third one to conclude the right. events. I don't really know what they could do differently that that would want, make me want to really like get pumped for it. Um, obviously, we talked about some of the things with like Aloy talking too much and some of the puzzles being remarkably too easy, but I think that's just because it's a big AAA game that that right. was the case. First party AAA game. Uh, so... I don't know. More of the same, but some of the things toned back a little bit. Maybe would be good for me. We clearly are going to get a third one, and we yeah. know that they're probably going to even make more spinoffs. Honestly, yeah. Uh, so what those are will be interesting to me. But uh, I don't know. I'm excited about it, Dave. As our resident Horizon holdout, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why you're that, but you are. Uh, what do you think? I mean, it's hard for you to really say how you feel about a third one when you haven't finished the second one yet. But just you know, on the on the topic in general.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is this is Sony's hot new IP. Um, you know, it's not easy to get an IP off the ground as quickly as, as Sony did with Horizon. And, um, you know, we've got two proven games now. So I guess the only thing I'd, I'd kind of caution is is there's no real indication that this is going to be the case, but there is such thing as, as too much of a good thing. Right. So I would kind of hope that, number one, they try to differentiate enough to you know make people want to keep coming back to this um but to not really flood us with too much horizon you know and sony's always been pretty good at at peppering their their first party launch calendar with a lot of variety um so yeah i mean i i i didn't really grasp zero dawn too well and i think that's one of the reasons i've held out on forbidden west is it it just looked like more of the same which i know isn't a bad thing but if 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 it took me a while to really get into it in the first one, then I'm might have that same issue in the second one. But I mean, if, if there was going to be a horizon three and if you were to ask me, what would make you want to buy this day one? Um, I don't, I, it, it's tough to say. I mean, it's, it, I could say, you know, a new environment or something like that, but you know, forbidden West seemed to be quite a bit different from uh, zero dawn. And then we had frozen wilds, which completely changed things. So, um yeah i don't know i just it's i I guess the only thing i could say is is hopefully these things don't come too quickly because you don't want to saturate your your fans with with too much because then it just gets old quickly like marvel movies do now (laughs) seriously so yeah i dave honestly you said
1: what would be one thing that would that that would make you excited about a day day one purchase of horizon three Um, And I think something I've yearned for is an experience like this open world experience. If you could just perfectly match, and it wouldn't make sense story wise, but if you could perfectly match someone being able to join your world with you, it's a balancing nightmare. It's a weapon nightmare. It's an enemy nightmare. It's a loot nightmare, but they can figure that out. Um, I would love to be able to be in this type of world. I've always wanted Skyrim to be multiplayer. Elder Scrolls Online is not the same. It's just not. In yeah. um, a game like this, I feel like it would be really dope if you could just pop in with your friends. So that would be dope. Yeah. I don't see it happening, but I guess that's I mean, just like a like a throw a coin in the wishing well type thing for me. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I wonder what they could do with this um, this IP and, and like something more multiplayer focused, more open more persistent more i'm thinking like destiny obviously that's an easy thing to draw off and i don't know if we want to take it in that direction but i think you could do a lot of cool stuff in this universe with that so maybe it's um trying to expand that single player narrative focus you know thing that they have right now and and blowing it up into a little bit more of a a living breathing universe um and persistent sort of environment so yeah yeah
1: good points i like it all around all right, moving on to a little bit of more interesting news. And this is kind of down the road news, more business type news, but it is what it is. Uh, basically, the, the long and short of this is Microsoft. This comes from Patrick Coffey on Twitter, and he got this from an article from Business Insider. It says, Microsoft is building a private ad network that will let select ad tech partners sell ads inside Xbox games. Analysts said this could put Microsoft ahead of Sony's PlayStation and Amazon's Twitch in the fastest-growing gaming ad space. Now, boys, before we really talk too much about this, think of some ads that you've seen in games in the past. Bad. They're all. They've always. But been think bad. about them. Yeah. Just think. Like, sure. What? What's one you can think of? I mean, there's been some like, like shameless ones, like the monster cans in in Death Stranding. Yep. which and- by the way are not there anymore. Not in the not in the director's cut, but I I think they are in the still in the normal. game. Oh really? I think. Okay. Okay. I think they're yeah. If don't quote me, but I know they're definitely not in the director's cut because that's what I played. But I think they might still be in the original. Okay. Dave, can you think of any big ad issues? Dude, the ramen and Final Fantasy issues. <laughs>
0: um... Not
1: issues, I guess, but like what are some ads and games you've thought of I'm trying to think if any of these have been done well and I'm honestly ha- that one brandon the monster drink in death stranding even though it was a little weird it probably made the most sense of it anything that I've seen
0: well i the only one that comes to mind from recent memories is Forza horizon five and uh-huh. that's where it makes sense because you know you're you're playing like a car festival even just racing in general and Gran turismo I, I suppose um and they and they have sort of the ads in the game but that's i guess you don't really notice that as much because it feels like it's part of the environment that actually makes it feel real which i suppose is kind of clever um sure so yeah but that's i can't think of any heinous examples outside of those two
1: yeah i'm trying to think of any that we've really seen the one i'm thinking of that i didn't play this or have any interest in it i think for a while one of the nba games was like selling Copious amounts of ads to put on jerseys and oh, on the walls and yeah. stuff. I feel like I remember seeing something about that. Yeah, and I think 2K? it was like it was one of the two K yeah, games. Yeah, it was yeah. one of the two Ks. It was so bad that I think they ended up pulling it and like yeah. refunding some of their advertisers their money. Yeah, seriously, honestly, but yeah. So I don't know. Like I just the idea of selling ads inside of a game. We know about microtransactions and stuff like that. I don't think that's what this is, though. No, no, and and that's why I even brought it up to you to begin with is because I think this is a something that as <laughs> Let me start over. I see more ads today than I have ever seen in my entire life. Mm -hmm. Everywhere. All the time. And although games are starting to become free-to-play more often and we're starting to see the caliber of free-to-play games go up, Uh what comes along with this is the way to monetize, right? right? And you do that by market transactions and you do that by advertising. And so if you see one of the big boys like Microsoft coming into the conversation here saying they're coming up with algorithms or programs or ways for their developers or whomever to potentially dip into this ad pool for revenue, then I feel like that's actually pretty big and could potentially change the landscape of not only free-to-play, but, you know, I mean, who says that a company couldn't make their game $20 cheaper and have the option to add this Microsoft thing where you get ads? Sure. You know what I mean? So, I mean, realistically, that's the future we're heading towards. And you, you're you you're already seeing this progression has, has happened on the App Store. Right. Every game has cancerous amounts of ads and every game has in-app purchases I feel like as time has went on it's just gotten worse and worse and I'm not saying this is necessarily going to happen with video games because there always will be a premium for some games Um, but I just think it's really interesting and noteworthy and I really wondered how you guys felt about it because ads in games always just turn me off so bad um, I will, I will pay more money to not see them. It was just making me think about when you're saying about the app store, you know, Apple did their Apple arcade and all those games are just included. There's no microtransactions. There's no ads. There's no nothing. It's just the game. Mm-hmm. And first of all, it made me realize even more like, okay, this is the best of the best. And I still am not real sure that I like them. Yep. So maybe I just don't really want to play games on my phone. That's okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. But the second thing I thought about there was, okay, so you have, in order to get those really good games you have to be a subscriber to their service. And then I started thinking about Game Pass and the, the fact that this is Microsoft doing this. And I was like, hmm, what if a perk from Game Pass was that you don't get any ads? Yeah, Wouldn't that be brilliant? Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Hire, well, that, well that's, <laughs> what I'm, that's what I'm saying with, with advertising is that really I think the possibilities are almost endless. And that kind of scares me because I know if they have the opportunity to advertise, they will. Uh, and I see that every day through almost every medium that I see. Right um art wise so you're talking about seeing all these ads every day where are you seeing them at twitch you literally anything i watch anywhere yeah fair enough unless it's literally netflix yeah um and even some of the tiers like if you get the bottom tier anymore of any streaming service pretty much you're gonna get ads is that the case on netflix too i think you i think you might be able to to i don't think i have it personally but i know not only can you lower the definition to be below hd Uh but i think there might be I don't wow, know. I didn't know that. Anyway. I don't have that, apparently. I thought I did. But I thought maybe, I had the I'm service, maybe I'm tripping. Maybe I'm tripping. But moreover, my point yeah, yeah, yeah. is that I think ads are something that we all need to monitor. Right. Um, and when someone as big as Microsoft um, with Game Pass at their fingertips that we talk about all the time, it just uh, makes you wonder sometimes. That's all I was saying. So, Dave, what do you think about ads in, in games? How, how could you see this going, good or bad?
0: Um, well, I think the way that it could go good is obviously the, the single biggest barrier for people to play a game is is the cost. And, you know, Brandon, you bring up a good point where it's like, if, if this becomes more commonplace in video games, then perhaps we could start seeing more games have an opportunity to go free to play right out of the gate because, you know, they have ad revenue that they're going to um, generate that revenue off. So I think that's kind of potential to reduce some barriers for people uh, to get into gaming or buy games that they normally wouldn't because they don't have to. Um, and, you know, we're already starting to see, we're already, you know, becoming uh, more and more conditioned to see these things in gaming. And, and you mentioned Twitch there, Brandon, and I, it's hard to find a Twitch stream these days that isn't sponsored. It doesn't have a whole bunch of ad graphics on screen. And hell, the game they could be playing could be a sponsor and ad itself because right. you know that that Twitch streamer might be being paid to uh, to play that game. But um, you know, as we're as we're becoming more conditioned to see this in gaming, I think it it could be a a less intrusive way to to start to remove some of those barriers, um, which is you know cost prohibitive barriers um, for some video games. So. I, in a nutshell, what I'm saying, if it makes things free or cheaper, then sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, you you might start seeing tiers and stuff where it's like you could pay extra money for the game and then you can turn off those ads. So I think you got to be careful. And then on the other side of the coin, you also have to make sure that you're not devaluing the experience too much because then it feels right. cheap and people won't play as long because they haven't paid money for the game. So it's it's you know a double-edged sword and a slippery slope either way. So... Um, I think it can be done, but you got to be careful. There have been times where I've been like sitting on the couch watching TV and I'm like
1: looking through Reddit on my phone or something. I see this ad for a mobile game and I'm like, oh, that looks like fun. And I'll go and play it. And you like play a couple levels and you're like, actually, this is kind of fun. Turn your brain off, kind of like sure. navigate the little guy through the the maze or whatever. And it's like you're not really playing it to play a game. You're playing it so that your hand is busy. Right. And then like the next thing, you know, after every level, there's an ad yeah and after every ad there's a thing that prompts you to spend money on the game yeah. and after everything that prompts you to spend money on the game there's another level and the level takes you about 20 seconds and then you do the whole thing over again and it's 90 seconds or three minutes between every and it's like okay i don't want this Dude, on, on that, my console that's, that's the sure. slippery slope though yeah, that's yeah. what i'm talking about we saw that firsthand or at least i did in my app store. store yeah absolutely yeah literally yeah. firsthand yeah. so you know i agree with dave it can make games way more accessible yeah there's tons of free app store games but for sure i do think at some point that corporate greed is never quenched i mean literally any of my apps right you said where do you get ads i get ads on instagram now yeah. i get ads on facebook now i get ads on reddit now i get ads on twitter now i get ads on youtube and twitch just think about it you know what i mean facebook so yeah there's just i don't go on facebook so. i know there's no <laughs> limit to it and my only concern is that it will take something that I feel like most of my experiences in gaming aren't riddled with ads. Right. And I don't want a future to happen that is not like that. Right. I guess. I got you. Yeah. Good points all around. Yeah, I I don't know where they're going with it, but I'm sure it's wherever they're going is to make a pile of money. Sure. So (laughs) we'll, we'll see. If you're an athlete, you know, the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So let's talk about a rumor from software could be a Sony acquisition target. Now, this comes from the sixth act axis, and we're gonna talk about it, but we've been hearing speculation for literally years that from software that Sony should buy or is going to buy from software and who knows, maybe they've been talking about it for years and it's just never gotten off the ground. But this is from the six axis says quote from software could be one of the studios that Sony is looking to acquire as it continues to build up its studio portfolio. This rumor comes from Dr. Sakan Toto CEO of Tokyo based gaming consultancy company, Canton games from software is very hot property at the moment. Following the successful release of Elden ring, a potential buyout by Sony is still a rumor only. So this doctor says, one of my favorite studios, Tokyo based from Software, is currently rumored to be an MA merger and acquisition candidate for Sony. Here's a quick rundown of its weird background featuring pigs, right wing newspapers, Toyota, and the metaverse, and their early valuation unspeakable. Buckle up. And he goes on to spell out why he thinks it's a potential. Uh, for background, from Software is currently owned by the Katakawa Corporation, who acquired the studio in 2014. Last year, Sony acquired uh, almost 2% stake in Katakawa, as did mobile company cyber agents. In total, Katakawa has a market valuation of $3.2 billion. So maybe um, it's higher than that now. from Yeah, I was going to say, if Sony's buying this, they should have done it last year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, if the acquisition rumor is true, Sony could look to purchase just from software from Katakawa or look to pay the billions of dollars to get ownership of the whole corporation. and But we already acknowledge that that's not possible. Sony doesn't have that. $3.2 billion? Billions? Yeah, they could do that. Stored? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, they could do that. I thought... I, never mind. Go ahead. And most of the time, these deals aren't taking place in pure cash transactions. Sure, they're, sure. You know, no, I, I understand that. They could certainly but... borrow $3.2 billion. If they right, to right, right, right. But anyway, so this is just a rumor. Again, it's been a rumor for years. We have no idea if there's any validity to it. But why not ride this horse once more, Dave? Should Sony buy from Software?
0: Uh, I'm gonna say no. Um, I, I think it could happen. Uh, we know from and Sony have had a relationship in the past with, you know, Bloodborne exclusivity and uh, Demon's Souls remake. I know that was Blue Point, but there still had to be some sort of relationship there. Sure. Um, but you know, for the three of us and probably the people listening, we all look at from software games and we see them as, um, prolific genre defining games. Um, but I think for the masses, this is, does not have sort of the breadth and, and sort of the appeal that. That, you know, I'm thinking about the Activision deal and, and the Activision deal obviously includes something like Call of Duty. Everybody knows Call of Duty. Right. Um, Or even Bungie. Or even the Bungie, you know? Yeah. And yeah. And like Destiny and Halo and stuff like that. But like, it's just, we're, we're in a bit of a silo here. Um, But I think we just kind of need to recognize that the games that From Software puts out in my opinion are niche they're they're still yeah. niche and yeah. they appeal to the hardcore gamers which is us but i don't know that an acquisition makes sense because then you cut that exposure uh by a massive chunk in the remainder of from software's games so it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me i know you look at something like uh like housemark with returnal and and their previous games and you could say the same thing well that was a studio that was already working extremely closely with Sony. So that just kind of made sense. I don't really see how this makes a whole lot of sense from, from, from software standpoint. It just doesn't seem like a mutually um, beneficial deal uh, for me personally. And the price would be inflated for Sony. So there's, there's that side of it. So um, yeah, I don't, again, I could see it happening, but I, I don't think it's a great idea personally.
1: Yeah. Honestly, I'm kind of with Dave um, I don't know that necessarily it would be a good thing. I wouldn't hate if it happened. Um, it would be heinous. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, I just, I really, especially moreover after the success of the multi-platform release of right. the biggest ever at this point, Elden Ring, um, for, for the, the company, um, they've shown okay. that obviously they could do it by themselves. Easily. And not that they haven't sold numbers before. That's not what I'm well, talking about. They had a say. publisher, in fairness. True. So but it's just higher than it's ever been. Yes. So I think they have less of a reason to need an, an acquisition than ever. Right.
0: And that would opinion. that would potentially I, I know it an acquisition doesn't necessarily mean exclusivity, but it could potentially take from software games away from PC. And I'm I, I don't have stats in front of me, but I'm quite certain that a massive, massive chunk of the player base is, that is on true. Steam. So yes. yes, that is I true. don't really know how that would work. Again, it just because it's it's bought owned by Sony doesn't necessarily mean that it wouldn't be on PC, but right it would make it tricky. So it's
1: always been funky with yeah. them, let's be honest. Yeah. So definitely interesting, man. It's cool to hear some of these rumors, especially with two things that matter to me. <laughs> That rumor has been has persisted for years. And frankly, I wonder if there were talks in the past of, hey, should we buy them? Hey, should we ask them to buy us? That kind of thing. And who knows? Maybe they were like, well, they're working on this other game. Let's see how that goes first. And now they're like, oh, maybe we should have bought them. Dude, they're first. like, Georgie Porgy's working on
0: this next one. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> From <laughs> has had publishing deals with... It, it, it It's always seemed weird to me how many different publishers they've had, considering how big their games are. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I wonder if they're just kind of weird like that, where they where they kind of get close to, to a lot of different people and maybe it's what causes these rumors to happen. But, I mean, as you said, Ben, it's, it's something that's come up many times before. And I wonder if it's just kind of resurfaced because of Elden Ring. My um, guess
1: is that they take the deal that's best for them. They probably do court multiple publishers or multiple publishers court them, as the case may be. Yeah. And, you know, hey, this time, look, Activision wants to give us a big chunk of money for Sekiro because it's going to be huge in the West. Let's go with them. Oh, this time, Sony, they're wanting to do Bloodborne. Sure, let's get on there. Uh, you know, so like, I don't have, I, I would imagine that they probably take the deal that's like the best for them. It, it doesn't seem like they're real picky about who they work with, honestly. So yeah. they got the talent, man. That, I mean, clearly. Yeah. Huh. Regardless of publisher. Yes. So I mm-hmm. agree agreed they just need the money yeah you know i mean they probably have some money now but like there's i don't there's no other reason to get a publisher than there are two reasons one you need money to make your game and two you need help with actually publishing like actually putting it on the stores right and the second one isn't enough of a reason to give away the majority of your your profits in my opinion right it is a reason but it's not and global just the best i mean they're they're not exactly the most accessible part of the world for the west so who knows I don't know. All right. Kojima. While we're on the talk of of rumors, Kojima says that Kojima Productions will remain independent. Now, this doesn't come as too much of a surprise that he would say this, whether it's true or not. But it comes as a surprise because he posted a a picture of PlayStation Studios banner saying that it had been updated with Death Stranding uh, right before he tweeted out a thing that said it'll be independent. So this comes from IGN. And it says, quote, around 1 p.m. in the afternoon, Japan time, Kojima posted a picture of the PlayStation Studios banner with games from all of the first party studios and also Death Stranding. This cryptic tweet immediately kicked off speculation that Kojima Productions officially joined PlayStation Studios. Kojima followed up 10 minutes later by clarifying Kojima Productions is still an independent company and always will be. In a follow-up tweet, independently translated by IGN, Kojima writes, I seem to have invited misinterpretation, but Koji Pro has (laughs) been and will continue to be an independent production studio. IGN has reached out to Kojima Productions for further clarification, but no updates have been given. Um, Kojima is like, "Fuck you, IGN." I'm, have you guys both seen this image? Yeah, I don't. Th- I, I don't think I have. Okay, here, here it is for you, Brandon. He literally tweeted out a picture of like the official Sony masthead with all of the different first-party games on it, and in the middle there somewhere is Death Stranding. And then a little while later, he's like, "Sorry for the misunderstanding, everybody." Did he make this? I don't know who made it. Probably. If okay, so there's a couple possibilities. Either one, this is real, and he shouldn't have he shouldn't have sent it. Yeah. Or two, some fan probably made it and, True. S- and yeah, he he saw sh- it and yeah. thought it was funny, and what wanted to like troll some people because he does like to troll people, and threw it up there uh for people to to speculate over. Who knows? Yeah. But I don't know what. Do you, okay, again, I don't know another story here. Yeah. There's all this talk about oh well, there's a letter of intent with Phil Spencer and Microsoft that Cody that. Kojima's going to work with them. And, oh, Kojima's definitely working with Sony on this other thing. And, oh, maybe Kojima is Hassan Karaman. Oh, I don't know. Who knows? But do we want to see Kojima get bought by PlayStation? Or do we like them working apart from each other but still together? Dude, I think Kojima doesn't want to work, like, be tied down like that. After what happened with Konami, I wouldn't be surprised if he's... I I mean, clearly he's getting the success with his own stuff. Clearly. Mm Mm-hmm. A lot of success. That's training did great. It got a director's cut. Right. You know what I mean? So, which by the way, I don't know if Kojima pushed that. Oh, really? Uh, there was some talk that maybe, you know, since since Sony owned the publishing rights to it, they no just were shit. like, "Hey, we're going to do this." That's wild. Yeah. Well, poor guy. But anyway, for, more to my point, if that right. is the case, yep. is 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 that I think that would be things that he's trying to avoid. Um, we know. Most of us know the story of what happened to him to begin with, so um, I think he's probably doing anything he can to stop that from happening in the future. In an acquisition of any kind, would um, not ensure that that would happen, but would um, certainly make it more possible, if you ask me. Sure, Dave Kojima,
0: Sony, should you yeah, be whole? No, this this is <laughs> this is a hundred percent not something that needs to happen um from kojima's standpoint because if he got acquired the second he would have to walk into a pitch meeting to pitch one of his crazy fucking ideas he he would think to himself god this is a mistake because he yeah. doesn't have to do that now he just yeah, right he has he his money he and he says this i have this idea and this is what we're doing
1: well again this he also gets publisher so i'm sure there's some funding there
0: but your point remains but I mean, the second that they invite Kojima to walk through the door, then they they know that <laughs> they're yeah. they're going to fund whatever he says, and right. and he loses some of that. If if he has a parent company, if he has somebody else who's deciding whether his projects get greenlit or not, then that strangles some of his creative freedom, and he's going to retire. And we don't want that to happen because <laughs> yeah, it's just it just doesn't work. And it's it, there are similarities between this and and the From Software thing we just talked about, but it's just. Again, his stuff is, is, is pretty niche, and this is just way too limiting for him, and it robs him of what makes his games interesting. So right, uh, exactly. I would not want to put that yoke on Kojima. Um, obviously, I think it would be beneficial for Sony, but not a smart move for, for Kojima. And uh, again, I think he's just screwing with people here. I did not realize he was the one who shared the picture, <laughs> yeah, which is, is is more. what makes it funny, and, and we know Kojima likes to screw with Well, people, he may not so. have been the one that shared it initially.
1: Like, I think it did gain some traction before that.
0: Oh, okay, Okay. But he did. He did acknowledge it and sort of share it out. He
1: literally just tweeted it out with no context. And then 10 (laughs) minutes later was like, sorry for any misinterpretations. Um, You know, whatever. That's quite funny. (laughs) The one thing, the one thing that gives the rumor or the idea of Kojima going to Sony any validity. We know that Kojima has talked extensively many times and it's represented in his games about wanting to make movies. And Sony has movies. So, like, there is the potential there that he could be courted by that idea of, like, oh, well, you can work on some movies with us if you come over here. It's got okay movies, yeah. It's got okay movies. That's a good. <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, but my point remains that, like, that's the one redeeming factor to this I could see. But otherwise, I completely agree with what you guys said. That yeah. I just don't think it needs to happen. It would limit him and uh, in everything except for money. Yeah. And I don't. I can't like Death Stranding. I don't think more money would have done anything different for that game. Like it was a good game. Uh, yeah, I just think it was perfectly what it should have been for right? him. Yeah. Yeah very kojima ass game that's for sure it's a love letter oh to kojima oh wait no it's no a wait. love letter it from is kojima to, to kojima exactly that's exactly right <laughs> yeah all right last one that i got amy hennig and skydance new media are creating a new star wars game this comes from starwars.com actually And it says, quote, a new Star Wars adventure is on the way from one of gaming's most acclaimed creators. Skydance New Media today announced a collaboration with Lucasfilm Games to develop and produce a narrative driven action adventure game featuring an original story in Star Wars Galaxy in the Star Wars Galaxy. Featuring an original story, I, I read that line twice. Helming Skydance New Media is an award-winning director and writer, Amy Hennig, a game industry legend whose credits include the blockbuster series Legacy of Kane, Jack and Daxter, and Uncharted, as well as a bunch of other games that got canceled even though they were about Star Wars and probably going to be pretty good anyway, too. That's my own commentary <laughs> there. I've often described the quote, I've often described how seeing Star Wars in 1977 essentially rewired my 12-year-old brain, shaping my creative life and future indel- indelibly. I'm elated to be working with Lucasfilm Games again to tell interactive stories in the galaxy that I love. A quote from Skydance says, I'm sorry, a quote from Star Wars says, we couldn't be more thrilled to be working again with Amy. She and the Skydance new media team have the talent and ambition to create a unique Star Wars adventure, says Douglas Riley, vice president of Lucasfilm Games. Uh, So Skydance is pretty new. 2019 is when they were formed and they've been putting together a team. Uh, They already announced another project. What was the other project? Um, they basically, so in late 2021, the studio announced a partnership with Marvel entertainment to craft an all new game with an original story and their unique take for beloved Marvel characters. So they're working with, they're working with Disney twice, basically here, oh uh, working on, say, on Star yeah. Wars and Marvel, Star Wars and Marvel. That seems like a big, a big, big old paycheck, big old plate to yeah, fill, man, for sure. So, Amy Hennig worked on uh, was working on a Star Wars game was it the both of Hat one uh, it was Star Wars 1313 wasn't it that's what it was am I getting that right I might get that it I might get right. that wrong but either way she worked she was working on another game that was canceled um, we know she's done a lot of cool stuff in the past right um, Dave in the past. are you excited to see a new Star Wars game and furthermore from Amy Hennig specifically
0: big time I mean you just look at some of the games that she's been attached to in the past and this goes back to like 1989 she's been working on games obviously to a lesser extent but um just like her attachment to uncharted um legacy of came like there's there's some really cool stuff here um and you know the one that jumps out at me um and this is a game that was 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 not the most popular in the series, but I played the shit out of this game. I absolutely loved it. Amy Henning was a writer on Battlefield Hardline. Yeah. I don't know if you guys played Hardline, yeah, play but it. It, yep. and I just ended up watching a video on on Hardline just last night, and it, it just brought back memories of how much I, I enjoyed this game and how cool it was as, as like uh, a separating a jumping pad for the for, uh, Battlefield series. Um, just funny talking about that today, but yeah. anyways, I'm digressing, but I Jumping mean, she's, off of she's, so. <laughs> she's attached to such cool projects that I think, um, you know, this can, this is, this is something to really, really keep an eye on because, um, yeah, this, this, there's so much you can do if, if you've got like some semblance of creative freedom and you've got a strong creative mind, like she clearly does, and then you throw Star Wars in there like that could be really, really cool. So this will be one to keep an eye on. Definitely.
1: Yeah. Brandon, I know you don't give a
0: shit about Star Wars. Yeah.
1: No, I I honestly, I, you know, and I don't want to poo-poo this or poo-poo her because um, I guess I haven't played the majority of her games. I've played some of them. Right. Um, but. I just don't want to be too excited about something. I mean, with the history of things being canceled, you would think they Lucasfilms would be making a big deal about it if they had planned on canceling this, but most studios don't plan on canceling their right. game. Um, so unless they're EA, right. <laughs> so, it's exciting. I just think there's not a lot to work off of. Right. Um, yeah. I think she's probably really glad to be working on Star Wars. I'm happy for her, especially, obviously, it seems like a very nostalgic thing. Yeah. So I'm glad she wasn't robbed of that prior, um, like we were talking about earlier. So right. um, cautiously optimistic, I suppose. The Star Wars isn't drawing me in, but I'd be willing to be drawn in, is what I'm saying. Nice. So. I love Star Wars. I love video games. You make a good Star Wars video game, and I'm hooked. Yeah. So that's pretty much where I'm at. Fair enough.
0: Dave, what have you been playing this week? Uh, Well, I'll tell you what I'm not playing. I am not playing Elden Ring because I finished it. Let's go,
1: (laughs) dude. (laughs) Congratulations.
0: Man. Totally. You fulfilled your New Year's resolution and did it without a guide, I heard, too. Uh, I actually kind of killed two birds with one stone there because uh, so I had two New Year's resolutions. I had I wanted to beat Elden Ring without a guide, which, which I then updated slightly because I did use a guide. <laughs> I, I, I updated that goal to I wanted to beat Elden Ring. Um, and yeah, then my yeah. other goal was I wanted to play games with people cooperatively more. So I got to the very end of Elden Ring and uh, I, I spent, you know, three separate like sittings on the last boss, um, the last story boss. And I'm just like, I have other shit I wanna play. I need to get past this. And anyone who's gotten to the end of, of Elden Ring, um, there is a specific attack that the very last last boss uses that is just insane. And I don't know how, you, like I've scoured Reddit. I've, I've seen countless people just drop the game because of this specific attack. And it was just, it's just insane. So I, I, I called my buddy, I, I asked Brandon, I said, man, can you tap in? Can you help me? So we jumped on Elden Ring uh, yesterday, just about 24 yeah. hours ago. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it took about three or four tries and together we, we beat it. So yeah, thank you very much, Brandon, for doing of, that. It's, it's course, a man. massive weight off my shoulder um, to, to finally be finished uh, Elden Ring. I feel, I feel good. I feel Do you feel good. accomplished though? That, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Big time. And I, I, I used a guide just, uh, well, sorry. I used a guide in very specific, I, I used a guide in the open world so I could quickly find dungeons cause I didn't gotcha. want to waste a whole lot of time finding these things. Uh, but once I was in the dungeons, once I got to bosses, that was all me. Uh, my character build was my own. Uh, so I didn't use a lot of help. Um, yeah. And, and the fight that we had, Brandon was kind of interesting the way it played out. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, Elden Ring is, is behind me. Um, but it's funny, as as relieved as I am to be finished the game, I'm still kind of thinking like, fuck, I wanna go back and 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 do there's a couple little spots that I haven't explored yet. And there's a couple I bosses know. that I did leave and I kinda wanna go back now. And so it's still kind of living in my brain, but it'll be um, there. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's still on my PlayStation, so I can I can I can jump back anytime. But now that I'm finished Elden Ring, um, I've finally been able to jump into Guardians of the Galaxy, and oh, holy yeah. shit. This game is... I've, I've had a smile on my face the entire time. Granted, I'm only at about the third mission, so I'm about three or four hours in, but uh-huh. I've laughed out loud multiple times. Um, I have a smile on my face the whole time. This game is incredible. It's on Game Pass now. If you have Game Pass and you haven't played Guardians of the Galaxy, you got to play it. It's its so much fun. It's the just... You know, if the, if there is a sequel, I do hope that they do something to enhance the gameplay slightly. I sorry, the combat, because that can so far, again, I'm early in the game. It does feel a little simplistic. Um, I'm assuming it's gonna kind of gear up a little bit, but just you know, the the banter between the, you know, the different um Groot and Rocket Raccoon and all that stuff, it's it's so funny and it's so charming, and then it gets serious at times and it works, and it's just Yeah, it's it's good. I'm really enjoying it, and I I think I'm going to be better equipped to be a parent and have like teenage kids who bicker because (laughs) of how much you have to deal with that in the game. Which sounds like a chore, but it's it's yeah, it's I'm really really liking it. So so yeah, yeah, it's it's been a good week of gaming. I'm so glad to hear that, and it just continues to get better. To be honest,
1: Um, as far as the banter and like the the overall feel of the characters, I feel like you just go through an entire journey with them, and I'm really eager for you to continue to play it, Dave,
0: for sure. Yeah, they've they've knit like the, the funniest part so far to me was you know how drax takes everything so literally oh yeah there was <laughs> one fight where at the end like you killed everything and uh peter quill yells he was like you want some and drax goes what are you offering peter quill <laughs> right. oh, i laughed so hard so um true. but yeah so i having a lot of fun love with that
1: love fun. the combat does continue to expand and i think it can get pretty challenging at certain times although yeah. it's never like soul crushing or anything especially after you just came off eldering yeah i was gonna say it's it's like a cakewalk yeah (laughs) compared to the. what i will say is there were there were points in the game and this goes for anybody who's playing this game and might feel the same there there are points in the game where i was like oh this combat's a little kind of okay and then i i started embracing the idea that i wasn't playing an action combat game i was playing like a Sim and Peter Quill was controlling everything else because really like people, I, I know that people complain a little bit about Peter Quill's abilities and his fighting style. And really you have to remember you're not playing as Peter Quill. That's not the main thing. You're playing as Peter Quill commanding all of the other uh, players, all the other guardians right. in combat. And once I kind of embraced that, I was like, oh, this is great. Like you're, yeah. you have to command a whole team of people rather than just Peter. They are literally a talking cooldown wheel. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like, like like legitimately. Yeah. So. Indeed. Cool, Dave. I'm glad you're enjoying that. I'm glad you glad you finished up Elden Ring. Uh Platt's coming up next. We'll have it up by next week, I hear. <laughs> and uh, uh on to Guardians. So very nice. Brandon, you're up. What about you? Well, I I did beat uh Forbidden West. you um... You platinum I you platinum did. did. I beat it and platinum did. Oh right, right. Um, so I was at the last mission last week. I finished it out. Um, the ending very underwhelming. Yeah. Um, to me and Ben, I want to talk to you about this more some other time. I'm not going to talk to you about it on air, but I talked a little bit about it earlier. But I do have some complaints with it. Overall, great game. Yeah. Um, just think it could have been better in a couple different ways. Um, so. Good news, though. I've started up Ghostwire Tokyo. Okay, okay. Um, that's been mostly good. Um, this game keeps treading between the line of, I think I really like this game, and I'm not sure if I really like this game. Right. Um, like, literally constantly, and, and I never have a bad time playing it, but sometimes when I'm playing it, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> yes. Like, like, yes. like, legitimately. But, but then, like, I'll go to another part, and I'll be like, holy shit, that was cool as fuck. So, like, I don't know what it is about this game. I'm going to keep playing it, and I am enjoying it. I want to be clear about that. Um, But I understand now why it had the scores it had and why I've heard some of the things I've heard about it. Um, I think for the creators, I think it's like a really interesting i never played the evil within um i'd be interested to see what the discord thinks about this game compared to the evil within more specifically i know they talked about it a little bit but yeah i'm gonna i actually need to go back and reread some of the messages um that were in before now that i am actually playing it myself um but it looks really pretty though i'll say that um i wish there wasn't so many performance options that's kind of weird yeah did you figure out one that worked for you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I actually, I actually just talked to Dustin about it. Oh, did you? It's okay. like, I, I'm positive he's already done all the work, so I'm yeah. just going to ask him. Um, but, no, that's been good. Um, I've actually been playing in the past 24 hours more Elden Ring than, okay. uh, <laughs> than Ghostwire, but, um, yeah, I'm starting my second playthrough as a mage. That's going pretty well. I'm, like, level 60, okay. something like that. So, nice. I'm getting there. It's a lot of fun. And the second playthrough... For anyone who's ever played a Dark Souls game more than once, ever, um, a from game, I guess. Let's say the second playthrough is like enlightening because it's like you know everything, but you kind of don't. Right. The, the third, the third playthrough, play the fourth are obviously you got it more muscle muscle memory down, but um, I feel like I'm exploring things that I didn't before. Obviously, the world's really dense and vast, um, but so fucking good, man. Yeah, so good. So. Yeah. Uh on your Ghostwire train there. I finished I think I had finished it by the time we talked last week, but I finished the platinum a couple days later. And I share some of the similarities you did. So it took me probably I don't know, I was doing a lot of extra exploring and stuff and collecting whatnot before I finished the game, but it probably took me between fifteen and twenty hours to actually finish the game. The actual uh maybe even more like 20, 25 Yeah. But to actually finish the game That's because I was doing No, it was it was good. Um, and I really enjoyed it up to that point. There were some parts I was like, oh, okay, whatever. But then I decided I was going to go for the Platinum because I was in the mood for a collect-a-thon and I hadn't played anything with a bunch of collectibles in a long time. Uh, I mean, I guess Forbidden West has a lot of collectibles, but you don't need them for the Platinum. So Yeah. yeah. Uh, so by the time I finished the Platinum, I was like, I don't know if I like this game anymore. Um. I think this game might not be very fun, but yeah. of course, I mean I f- you feel that way r- after you're done with story and trying to do a platinum for a lot of different things. So, it I really enjoyed it. I almost wish I hadn't gone for the platinum because it took a lot of what I liked about it out yeah. of it. There's just so many different collectibles to go after, and I wasn't focusing on them all during my actual gameplay and i didn't even know about all of them because i usually don't look at trophies i mean they're you're not shit they're i haven't even found them all but i know there's literally a collectible for every kind of emo you can get there's literally you know just the list goes on really um in this game there's definitely a lot of the map is dense let's say that yeah it is pretty dense um so anyway i finished that up and then i think i talked about Lego Star Wars last week? A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. I hadn't started it yet. I hadn't even opened it. And then finally after I finished that, I literally popped the platinum went into my trophies to make sure it was there and then deleted the game off my hard drive for Ghostwire. For Ghostwire. Okay. And then immediately unwrapped uh, Lego and popped it headset yeah. and it. Dude, I you'll, you'll probably end up having more fun with that game. Uh, I don't know. So that that's one thing I want to talk about. I definitely like Lego and I think it's a good game. I love Star Wars once again, so it's and I've always loved the Lego games, so that's going well. Um, I'm en- I'm enjoying those aspects of it, but I feel like for some reason, maybe it's just that I'm playing it when I'm tired because I usually play most of my games late at night or something. I don't know, but I'm feeling kind of like okay, I'm I, I'm getting a little bored now. Yeah, and I think part of that is because every Lego game I've ever played, I've had a tendency to oh, I can smash that and get a bunch of little little brick pieces. Great. I'll do that. And then there's so much in this world to smash that I'm just like, huh, I have half a million studs and I haven't done anything. I haven't <laughs> gone to the first mission yet. Yeah. What is wrong <laughs> with me? It just so, that, yeah. I think that's maybe part of where it is. So I need to actually, I think what I'm going to do is actually mainline it. Um, okay like just i'm just gonna go and i'm just gonna do the main story missions and if i happen to get a side mission here and there i'm, I'm through like um the whole first trilogy no i'm sorry the whole first movie uh so i'm in this, the second movie now i, I started at episode one and gonna go through one through nine because it's a game not the movies it's fine so i'm enjoying it um whether or not i'll stick around for the whole thing After I finish the story, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to be a plat run for me or not. I know that it's certainly going to be a long investment if it is. But it's a solid game. It's a good game. I'm just playing it wrong to enjoy it. I I just There's something so satisfying about just smashing things apart and getting all the pieces. And then there's another part of me that's like, you're not doing anything right now. So I think I had like the first the the two times multiplier before I even finished the first mission because I was just like, God oh, there's a bush I can smash. Oh, there's a tree I can smash. Oh, there's a plant I can smash. Whatever, dude. I've seen people online that have like multiple billions of coins. Yeah, yeah. Sensei. Yeah, it, it'd be easy if you got all the high multipliers for sure. But I just was I'm just playing it wrong for my enjoyment right now i need to treat it i think i was so used to treating ghostwire like a collectathon that i'm just like oh i got gonna get everything awesome. possible so, gotta check those boxes ben yeah definitely so anyway that's where i'm at I'm having fun with it enjoying it good man i think that's it yeah I think that's all we got that is it oh i want to play tunic tunic not tunic i kind of yeah the on game the pass fox? the one with the fox the new one yeah 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 i want to play tunic tunic souls tunic souls yeah i want to play that next i don't know about next but i want to play it that had nothing to do with what I was talking about already, but just thought I'd tell you guys. Anyway, this is the HP Podcast. You can support us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash phantom for as little as a dollar a month to get ad-free early access to the show. We appreciate it if you find us over there. And uh, also, come over join the Patreon or the Discord, uh slash Discord. We'd love to see you there and hang out. And you can tell Brandon about something. I all, forget all the things all the all, things all the things oh it was evil within yeah 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 I gotta go back and read some of the comments because I know they already talked about it yeah it'll make more sense now that I'm playing it indeed indeed all right that's it we will see you next week the hp podcast is supported by our patrons over at patreon.com slash handsome phantom jason canham toby ryland chaz peterson edward walton josh cummings jared boots Fusebro, passive pixels edwin castillo Maurice Bayes and H-Trons.